What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Lunch Pail Sports College Football Show. Here to recap, honestly, a week 12 that seemed pretty uneventful turned out to be pretty awesome weekend. Some upsets, some good games. Uh, it was a good weekend of football. And then obviously, rivalry weekend coming up, week 13. We're going to talk about that. I'll give my top 12. Uh, I'll obviously recap week t- week 12. Uh, I'll talk about each conference, give kind of a recap of each conference, where they're at right now in terms of getting into the playoff. And then I'll give my week 12 Heisman, Houdini Act. I do have a Houdini Act this week. So stay tuned for that. And then I'll get into week 13 and make some picks for week 13. Some that may surprise you. Some that may not surprise you. Either way, let's get into week 12. We'll start with... We'll start with just Illinois, Michigan. This was, I know everyone's freaking out about Michigan, but honestly, this is, this is a, this is not a good matchup for Michigan playing another team. That's also physical that can kind of take away. Well, here, here's the thing. Blake Corm doesn't get hurt. Michigan probably wins that a lot easier. He had over 100 yards of offense in the first half. He was playing really well. Um, But man, you take Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards out of that offense, it's a different offense. It's a different offense. You can't say it's concerning. I mean, obviously it's concerning. You know, like if, you know, if Ohio State loses C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah, you'd be concerned about that too. It's not a knock on Michigan. Just you lose two of your best players, if not your two best players. Yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a problem for sure. And it's and it's a concern I have going into the Ohio State game. But they got out of there with a win. You know, it was ugly. Jim, uh, Jim Harbaugh made absolutely, took absolutely no risks in this game. Uh, he took field goals at any 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 chance he could. It just wasn't a pretty game. They came out with the win. At this point, it doesn't matter. Style points are irrelevant for Michigan, for Ohio State, for Georgia. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they they just gotta win. You win, you're in. That's it. That's all it means for those teams. Ohio State and Maryland. This was almost my Houdini act of the week, because forty three thirty does not tell the story of the game. This was a one score game until Ohio State had a you know Strip sack that turned into... Actually, I don't know if it was a sack. It may have been the running back. Whatever. It was a strip that turned into a five-yard defensive touchdown. It was a very easy touchdown. So you pair that with a blocked punt. And, man, Ohio State... I mean, I get special teams. You know, special teams is part of the game. But I worry about teams that win because of special teams. Uh, And without that blocked punt, this is a tie ball game in the fourth quarter. And we could be talking about an Ohio State upset. Ohio State struggled. They struggled to run the ball. CJ Stroud didn't look all that impressive to me. As I've felt multiple times watching him this year, I just, I don't think he's quite as good as everyone thinks he is. I think he's good. He's a good quarterback. Not saying he's bad, but everyone's talking about him like it's the second coming. He's not. Um, I could name just off the top of my head. I'd rather have Caleb Williams if I were if I were starting a college football team right now. I'd take Caleb Williams over C.J. Stroud without even blinking. I'd take Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud without even blinking. I'd take Drake May. If you haven't watched Drake May play, that guy is really good. If you can get North Carolina to win nine, ten games. You're a good quarterback because North Carolina does not have the kind of talent that Ohio State has. Drake May is a good quarterback. Um, that's just three off the top of my head. Um, it might end there. I might take C.J. Stroud after that. Um, I don't know, Hendon Hooker, maybe. I think I might take Hendon Hooker over C.J. Stroud. Not right now with his busted knee, but 
healthy Hendon Hooker. I'll take him. I just, to me, he's not the most valuable. He's not the best player in the country. To give him the Heisman is, is just giving a guy that is just completely surrounded by unlimited talent the Heisman. That, that's not the Heisman. I don't like where the Heisman has gone. It's just like, well, let's just give it to the guy with the best stats on the best team. That's, that shouldn't be the way it works. You could argue, you know, you could argue Drake May as the Heisman. Who means more to their team? Drake May or CJ Stroud? I'd argue Drake May. Without Drake May, I think North Carolina wins five games, four games. Not many, because their defense is bad. Without Caleb Williams, how many games does SC win? I'll tell you right now, as someone who watched SC the last, well, I've watched SC my whole life, but especially the last few years. And last year, without Caleb Williams, uh, I don't know. Maybe they get five, six wins. Eh, I don't know. You still got Lincoln Riley. I don't know. Jackson Dart stayed around. Maybe they win seven, eight games, maybe. But they're not winning 10, 11 games. 12 if they win out and win the you know Pac-12 championship. They're winning that because of Caleb Williams. I don't think Ohio State is winning these games because of C.J. Stroud. I think... I. I just think there's so much talent around him. You can't say that he's the sole reason they're winning. You can't say that about anybody. It's a team game. Anyway, all right, enough ranting. Man, I've talked a lot about C.J. Stroud and Ohio State, which I'm not done today because we're going to be previewing a big game, the game. Which, by the way, the game, really. It's a big game, but it's not the game. I would, I mean, as an SC fan, I think SC Notre Dame's a bigger game than Michigan-Ohio State. Like, get off your high horse. Whatever. Who cares? Well, actually, <laughs> I shouldn't say who cares because I actually care a lot. It is a pretty fun game to watch. <laughs> Whatever. It is a big game. Um, All right. Georgia Tech at North Carolina. North Carolina goes down. I was just talking about Drake May. Um, I'll be honest. I did not watch this game, so I can't speak too much on it, but North Carolina goes down. I figured I'd mention it because their playoff hopes are gone. No chance. Uh, even a one-loss ACC champ probably wasn't getting in. Maybe now. I think Clemson's got a decent path to the playoff, which makes me sick, but whatever. But North Carolina, chances are up, chances are over. You're not going to the playoff. They could still win the ACC. Right? They could definitely still be Clemson. Drake May's hot. You know, no problem. We've seen quarterbacks cut up Clemson's defense. Drake May could easily do that. <clears throat> um, but yeah, North Carolina's out. Done for the playoff. TCU at Baylor. This was one of my picks. Uh, Baylor or TCU was favored by two and a half, and they win by one. Um, I hate you, TCU. You've screwed me every time I've picked for you or picked against you. Um, they went on a last-second crazy field goal. I don't know what Sonny Dykes and that team was doing. He said they've practiced it. I'm like, I don't care if you've practiced it. Why would you run the ball with, what, 19 seconds left or whatever it was with no timeouts and you got to kick a field goal? That's just stupid. I don't, I don't care if you've practiced it. That's dumb. Why would you put yourself in that position? I, I don't understand that. This is just not a playoff team. Please. I'm not doing my tears today, but man, if I still was doing, if I was doing my tears today, they'd still be in my please lose category. Nobody wants to watch this team in the playoff outside of the Dallas Fort Worth area. Nobody wants to watch TCU play in this playoff. They're going to get boat raced by anybody they play. They're just not, they're not as good as their record. It's crazy. It's crazy. Every time I watch them, I'm like, outside of uh, Quentin Johnston, there's nothing special about this team. Their defense is not good. It's average. It's not horrible, but it's not good. Max Duggan, he's okay. He's fine. But he's not carrying he's not carrying a team against Georgia, against, you know, Michigan, Ohio State. 
I just, I don't see it with this team. They have to lose. They got Iowa State. We'll be talking about that later. And they got Kansas State in the in the Big 12 title game. In all likelihood, they'll have Kansas State. But man, please lose. Please lose. I think if they lose, they're out because there ain't there is just isn't anybody who believes in this team. And I don't think the committee, I think if they lose, the committee would put like a one-loss Clemson over TCU. And if I'm being honest, I'd rather see Clemson in the playoff than TCU. I think Clemson would be more competitive than them. At least Clemson's like blown somebody out. They just beat Miami by 30. Miami freaking sucks. But they still beat them by 30. TCU can't beat anybody by 30. It's ridiculous. All right, I'm done talking about TCU. Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Goodness gracious, has Oklahoma State lost it. And and give credit to Oklahoma for turning it around. I didn't give them enough credit. I was like, oh, five and five. What are they, two and five in the Big 12? Seven and a half points is a lot of points to get to Oklahoma. I picked Oklahoma State to cover, and boy, what a stupid pick. This game was over in the first quarter. It could have been 35-0, but Oklahoma fumbled uh, fumbled in the red zone. She gave it right back to Oklahoma State. This might be the biggest meltdown of a top 10 team all year. The only comp- the, I think the biggest competition would be the other team they played in Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma was ranked five or six, something like that, and just completely melted down. I think Oklahoma might be turning it around. Might be. I don't know if it's fair to say that yet because they're playing a team who's also melting down massively melting down, but maybe Oklahoma's turning it around. What do they have this week? I don't think they don't, I don't think they're playing anyone all that special. Let's see. Big 12, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's got Texas tech. They should win that game. They are on the road. I don't know if Oklahoma wins that game. Seven and five is a massive disappointment for Oklahoma, but considering the landslide they were on, uh, I don't know. To win. Who did they play the week before? Who did they lose to? So they beat. Oh my gosh. They lost to West Virginia. They've been playing in close though. So they beat Kansas. They beat Iowa State. They lost to Baylor by three. They lost to West Virginia by three. That was also on the road. Then they Blow out Oklahoma State. That 28-13 is that also could be a Houdini act. It could have been worse than that. The 28-13 is not indicative of that that game. It was Oklahoma dominated that game. Um and then they got Texas Tech. So I mean you finished that game, you know, you got two losses by three points. I don't know. Well, there's a TCU. There's a big TCU win. Oklahoma. That's really what put TCU on the map. And then they haven't blown anybody out since. <laughs> um, I don't know if Oklahoma wins, you know, wins a couple games in a row, loses a couple close ones, but they're they're on the right track. Um, finish seven and five, go to a bowl. It, I wouldn't say it's a victory. That's not a victory for Oklahoma, but it could have been worse. It could have been worse. So good for them for at least not giving up. All right. Um, my lock it in upset of the week was Arkansas over Ole Miss, and boy, did that turn out well. My Oklahoma State pick was horrible. My Arkansas over Ole Miss pick was fantastic because Arkansas just took Ole Miss to the woodshed. Like, they just annihilated them. I don't think Arkansas had a rush less than 10 yards. Obviously, I'm exaggerating. They probably did. But, boy, every time Arkansas ran the ball, it seemed like they were getting just chunk yardage on the Ole Miss defense. It was crazy. Um, they they just took it to them. I Ole Miss, the Ole Miss players know something that we don't because they did not seem to care about that game. Lane Kiffin's gone. He was daydreaming about Auburn all night. That was just not a team ready to play. And now, to be fair, even if they were ready to play, I think Arkansas will Arkansas still wins that game. They just looked like the better team. But boy, they could have made it closer than that. 42-27, that's my Houdini act of the week. I can just talk about that now. Uh, it was 42-6. to six. If you didn't watch this game, 42-6 to six going into the fourth quarter. And then, you know, then Ole Miss scores three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it look a little more respectable. But this was just a complete and utter annihilation. 
uh, Ole Miss was embarrassed in that game. 42-27. That's not the final score. They just got some cheap points at the end. Next game, number five, Tennessee at South Carolina. This is the most shocking game of the week. Tennessee quit in this game. Before Hendon Hooker was hurt, and before they were even getting really blown out, they were down by 11. I specifically remember it was 42-31. And the whole Tennessee's body language, their, their, their bench, the players on the field, everyone just looked like they were quitting, which is mind-boggling to me. It's like, you win this game. Especially if you're down 42-31, you come back and win that game, and then you win your next game against Vanderbilt. Very winnable games. Um, you don't have to play in the SEC title game, and you probably get into the playoff. And they quit. How? How do you quit in a spot like that? I get you're down by 11. But with an offense like that, 11 against South Carolina, you could come back from that. They had a whole quarter to go. That's crazy to me. They just did. They, they, the juice wasn't there. What happened? That's crazy. I, I I think part part of what happened. This isn't their fault, but I think a team with average talent finally got exposed. I know that sounds crazy. We've been talking about you know Jalen Hyatt, you know Brew McCoy. Uh, who's their other their other receivers? I mean, probably their best receiver. Uh, gosh, come on, what's his name? Hold on, let me look it up. Why am I blanking? What? I'm sorry. Bear with me here. I got to give him credit because he is a good receiver. Cedric Tillman. There we go. Cedric Tillman. Um, he's a good receiver. But I looked up the the recruiting rankings for Tennessee. And, I mean, they, they consistently hover around like 15 to 20. I think that'll get better, you know, based off what they've done this year. Um, you know, Josh Heupel has done a really good job there. I think their recruiting will get better. But over the last three or four years, I mean, they're around 15 to 20, 10 to 20. That's an average, that's an average recruiting class. That's not going to get you national titles. Like if you want an, if you want a national title in today's game, you kind of need to be in that top 10, if not top five, you got to be bringing in elite talent. Um, You could see it. I mean, you could see it with Georgia. Georgia is just clearly better than everyone they're playing. Um, I don't know if they're clearly better than like Michigan, Ohio state. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I don't know yet. We're gonna have to see on the field. Maybe they are still, maybe they are still, um, but you can see it. They just have talent everywhere. And that's what Tennessee was lacking. They didn't have talent everywhere. They got some, some spots where they're good. You know, they are good at receiver. Hendon hooker is awesome, but Hendon hooker also transferred. I get that, you know, Joe Burrow transferred too. So, you know, you can't really knock a guy for, for transferring, but he was kind of a no name, you know, until, until this year, essentially he had a really good year last year, but most people didn't know about head and hooker until this year. So I think just a team with a team that was overachieving just kind of got exposed. The the talent on their defense got exposed. Um, and this is my issue with TCU as well. You know, I just don't think they have enough talent. They're overachieving and good for them. They're good for them. They're winning games. But the reason I don't want them in the playoff is I just don't think they can compete with those teams who have really good talent. And I just want to watch good football. I want to watch a foot good football game. I don't want to watch teams get blown out. So get whoever has the best talent and is playing the best football. I want to see them in the playoff because I want to see that. I want to see good games. And also, I just have one beef. With Tennessee, I hate high tempo offenses. I hate it. I hate, 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 hate it. South Carolina had the ball for almost forty minutes, and we're sitting here wondering how Tennessee's defense gave up sixty three points. Still un- inexcusable. Still inexcusable. But if you let the other team have the ball for forty minutes compared to twenty for your team, that's a lot to ask for your defense. This is what we saw with, you know, Oregon and Chip Kelly back in the day. They moved so fast. And when they were clicking, man, good luck. You're not stopping them. But 
if a defense figured him out a little bit, you know, a drive stalls, you know, the, you get a three and out and you take 12 seconds off the clock. That's just a lot of pressure to put on your defense. You know, look, go look at, at go watch SC. You know, they're, they're not, they're not moving slow. They're not running the clock down to three every time, but you know, they're, you know, they'll call a play, you know, Caleb will read the defense, you know, he'll look over at Lincoln Riley. They'll communicate. They'll, you know, they'll audible and the snap ball, like 12, 13 seconds, somewhere around there, you know, 10, 15 seconds. Um, I think, I just think that's the recipe. You got to take some, some time off the clock. And I, I don't like putting a defense in that kind of position. It's especially when your defense kind of sucks. So um, I, I'm not a fan of the high tempo offense. I I don't think it wins championships. Georgia doesn't do it. Michigan doesn't do it. Ohio State doesn't do it. USC doesn't do it. It's a, it's a pop gun offense that when it's working, it's great. And when someone figures it out, when you, you know, you're going to get beat like that because your defense is going to be exhausted. So I just don't think that kind of offense wins championships. And I think Heupel needs to, once he, here, here's the thing. I think it when you have inferior talent, like I think Tennessee does have, it's fine. It's, you know, it's kind of why Mike Leach has done what he's done for so long. It's like the air raid's not going to win you a national title. But it's going to win you a lot of games. And if you, especially if you have a team that doesn't have elite talent like Georgia, you're going to win a lot of games with that. But as soon as you play a real good defense, you're just going to get exposed. It's, it doesn't work. Um, you know, I mean, look at, look at how Mississippi State fared against Alabama. It just doesn't work. It works against, you know, it, it works to win you, you know, eight, nine games. 10 games maybe on a good year, but you're going to get exposed against really good defenses. So I think once Hypo is able to get a little more, you know, get his roster a little deeper, I think he's got to slow down that, that tempo. I, I don't like it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't know everything, but when I watch that and I see how quickly they're t- giving the ball back to South Carolina, a defense has been sitting on the bench for three minutes and they're back on the field. That's not good. And I'm not saying three minutes of game clock. I'm saying three minutes of real time. So, all right, uh, two more games. SC UCLA. How have I not even talked about SC UCLA yet? Goodness. Um, Caleb Williams is just magnificent. If you did not watch that game, if you watched that game, and you still think CJ Stroud is better than Caleb Williams, I just have I have nothing for you. I have nothing for you. You cannot watch these two guys play. I'm, you know what? I'm done talking about CJ Stroud. I'm over it. Caleb Williams for Heisman. He was my player to watch going into this week, and he delivered over 500 yards of total offense, three touchdowns, including one on the ground. He was just incredible. When they needed a play, he gave it to them. And they needed a lot of plays because their defense struggled. I give UCLA credit because even though DTR threw three picks, he played awesome. He made a lot of plays. Um, but SC came out on top. Um, they did cover. So I picked them to cover. Barely. They won by three. The line was two. So I'm happy about that. But that, look, SC's defense is a problem. But, I mean, I think even against a Georgia I think SC's still scoring 30 points. That might not be enough. That might not be enough. Who knows? Um, Georgia's offense hasn't necessarily looked like a world beater. Um, but, you know, if you want to write off SC because of their defense, you got to consider their offense because there aren't many defenses, maybe one in the country, that can shut them down. So... um. And I, I'm not convinced that Georgia could even shut them down. I think they'd slow them down more than anybody else could. But I don't think Georgia would just shut down SC. They have too many weapons. Caleb Williams is too good. He's too athletic. Nobody can tackle him. <laughs> um, if you sack Caleb Williams, 
um, I don't know, save your jersey and your shoes because you're probably not going to ever do it again. Um, okay, number 10, Utah at number 12, Oregon. 20 to 17, I picked Oregon to cover. They didn't. Uh, it was a push. Whatever. Cam Rising looked really bad in this game. Utah just didn't look very good. Um, Oregon was trying to give them the game, and they just couldn't take it. I think if Bo Nix was fully healthy for this game, Oregon covers, and they win more convincingly. Bo couldn't move. Um, it was a problem. Um, six turnovers total in this game. It was kind of ugly. Lots of turnovers. Low-scoring game. It wasn't low scoring because the defenses were going crazy. It just neither offense wanted to score. Um, not a super fun game to watch, but still close. So better than the blowout, I guess. All right, my top 12. I have one Georgia, two Michigan, three. Just going to make some people mad. I don't care. USC. I got four Ohio State. I got five TCU, six LSU. 7, Penn State, 8, Alabama, 9, Oregon, 10, I got Washington, 11, Tennessee. And honestly, if we're doing a forward-looking ranks, I think we need to put Tennessee lower because Hendon Hooker's out for the year. And I do not think this offense is going to be the same without Hendon Hooker. They might lose to Vandy. <laughs> um, but I'll be, I'll be gracious to them because of the year that they've had. I'll keep them in the top 12. And I got Clemson number 12. I moved Utah out. They just didn't look very good. Clemson is looking better, I guess. Um, I still don't think they're a playoff team, but I'll put them in my top 12. Let me explain my... You know what? I've explained enough about why I think SC and Caleb Williams um, are better than CJ Stroud and Ohio State. I just think in a one-on-one matchup, uh, Caleb Williams is just better. He's just a better player all around. CJ Stroud's kind of a statue. He doesn't move well. I think Ohio State's defense is overrated. I, I think SC would put up a lot of points on Ohio State. Ohio State hasn't played a single elite offense. A single elite offense. And they're not going to until the playoff. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure Michigan is. I'm not sure. Um... I considered putting SC above Michigan, but uh, Michigan's just front seven is so physical. I'm just not sure how SC would respond to that. Um, but anyway, um, I kept Michigan there. But yeah, TCU, I, I just, I'll keep them there out of respect. They're undefeated, but I just think they're going to lose. Um, I don't know. Five through 12 at this point. I shouldn't say 5 through 12. Who's still got a chance? Who's still got a chance? Let, let's do that. that. That'll help with the top 12. That'll help make the top 12 interesting because there is still a lot that could happen. There's still a lot that has to happen. Who's still got a chance? Right, let's look at the SEC first. The SEC is still in great shape. I think Georgia's getting in no matter what. Even if they lose in the SEC title game, they're still in. So the SEC is in great shape. If LSU wins out, they could very well be in. How many one-loss teams do we have? We have USC, Clemson. Is that it? No way. Is that all the one-loss teams we have? Well, we're going to have Ohio State or Michigan. So we're going to have another one-loss team. Let's see. All right. Yep. We got SC, Clemson. That's it. And then whoever loses the the game this Saturday is going to be a one loss. All right. So SEC is in good shape. There is a chance. There is a chance that LSU, if they win out, they could be in the playoffs. I don't think they're beating Georgia. I just, I don't see it happening. But there is a path for them to have at least a seat at the table. Um, Big 10, great shape. Michigan or Ohio State, one of them's getting in. Um, potentially two of them. The way that this, the way that you know Tennessee lost, uh, who else lost this last weekend? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not anybody. North Carolina, 
North Carolina lost. They were a one-loss team that still had a, kind of an outside chance. Um, I think Tennessee losing is huge for the Big Ten. I think the loser of this game still has a chance. Still has a chance. Pac-12 is in good shape. I don't want to say great shape because SC still has a tough a tough schedule ahead of them. They got to beat Notre Dame this week, and then they got to beat Oregon or Washington or Utah in the Pac-12 title game. That's not an easy slate. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them. So I'll say they're in good shape, not great shape. Uh, but SC just proved that they can beat you know a top fifteen team. So they did they they did it against a really good UCLA offense, and I think they can do it again um, against Notre Dame and hopefully you know against Oregon as well. But I think they're still in good shape. They got a clear path to the playoff. Um, if we're just talking a path to the playoff, the Pac-12 is in great shape. If SC wins out, they are in. You can't take SC out. Um, so in terms of path, they're in great shape. In terms of how I think it'll play off, I think they're in good shape because that's going to be tough for SC. They can do it, but it'll be tough. Big 12. <sighs> path, great. TCU wins, they're in. Do I think they'll win? I don't even know if they'll beat Iowa State this weekend. I'm not convinced. Um, they're probably going to play Kansas State in the Big 12 title game. They could they could easily lose that too. It's hard to beat two. It's hard to beat a team twice. It's especially hard to beat a team twice when you should have lost to them the first time, and you're just not that good in the first place. <laughs> Gosh, that's mean. Be so mean to TCU, Jacob. Come on. Um, uh, but the Big 12, in terms of path, they're in great shape. But I think they're in good to almost bad shape. I, I just, I, I think TCU's going to lose at some point. I've been saying it for weeks. They still haven't lost. I don't know how. I just still don't think TCU is going to go undefeated. There is a scenario where TCU loses and potentially still gets in. That's not off the table, but man, I, I don't see the committee letting them in with one loss. ACC is actually in good shape right now. I don't want to say great shape, but Clemson has a chance. Again, Tennessee really helps a lot of teams out here. I think Clemson has a decent chance to get in the playoff. I think a one-loss you know, ACC champ, Clemson, has a better case for the playoff than a one-loss Michigan, who didn't win their division, who didn't win their conference, and had honestly a pretty weak schedule. Now, to be fair, ACC schedule is also weak. Um, but there's there's a path. There is a an argument to be made for Clemson if they win out. There will be an argument, and they will be in the conversation if they win out. So prepare yourself for that. If, like me, you don't like watching Clemson play and you think they're boring and you don't think they're very good, I'm just saying prepare yourself because they're going to be in the conversation. Not if they lose. If they lose again, they're done. But if they win out, they're going to be in that conversation. All right, Week 12 Heisman, it's Caleb Williams, 32 of 43, 470 yards through the air, another 33 on the ground with another touchdown on the ground and two through the air. He was just magnificent. He was unstoppable. Um, there was nothing. The And to be fair, the UCLA defense sucks. But still, I mean, it was a big game. It was a primetime game. You know, the primetime Fox crew calling the game. And he showed up every time they needed a play. He made a play. So, I, I guess with the exception of literally one play. And it, oh, he could have easily made that play too. It was, uh, it was third down in the fourth quarter. And he had a first down in front of him if he would have ran. And he tried to do, he tried to get way too fancy and threw just a laser to his tight end on the sideline. And uh, his tight end couldn't catch it. And then they had to punt, gave the UCLA the ball back, and then SC ended up intercepting it. So it didn't matter. But that was the one play that that Caleb Williams just did not make. But, man, if we're going to knock a guy for not making one play all night, um, it was pretty incredible. 
Week 13, rivalry week, baby. Here we go. Sorry, I had to take a drink. The game. Noon kickoff, 10 Pacific. Nope, 9 Pacific. 10 Eastern. No, gosh. All right, let's see if I can figure out time zones here. 9 Pacific, noon Eastern. How about that? There we go. When Ohio State has struggled getting the run going, their offense, the rest of the offense struggles. Okay, go watch the Iowa game. Don't look at the final score. If you if you want me to if you want to hear my take on the Iowa game, go a few weeks back. The week that I talked about the Iowa game, that, that final score is nowhere near how Ohio State actually played in that game. Nowhere near. But go watch the Iowa game. They struggled to run the ball and they struggled to move the ball. Watch the actual game. Don't look at the final score. Watch the actual game. They struggled against Iowa. If Iowa had any kind of an offense, <laughs> that game would have been way closer. Penn State, they struggled to run the ball against Penn State. They had one long run. Travion Henderson had one long run, and that's what makes their rushing stats look good against Penn State. They did not run the ball well against Penn State. They did not run the ball well against Maryland. They were fighting for every yard. Their end, their final rushing stats looked looked pretty good. But man, watching that game, they they really did not run the ball that effectively against Maryland, who's not a good rushing team, rushing defense team. Michigan is elite against the run. This is the best rushing defense they've played all year, and they will not be able to run the ball against Michigan. Their Ohio State is going to be one dimensional. And I just don't think CJ Stroud is very good under pressure. And Michigan is the first defense they've faced that is capable of putting him under pressure consistently. As long as Corman Edwards are playing, and that is, I don't know what's going on. There's been no update on either of those, which kind of makes me feel like they're playing. Jim Harbaugh is trying to keep Ryan Day in the, in the dark as long as humanly possible. But if Corum and Edwards are healthy and playing, Michigan is going to make this a game that's not ideal. For Ohio State. I do not think 2021 was an anomaly. I think that is exactly how, how Jim Harbaugh and Michigan want to play Ohio State. They want to bludgeon them through the, on the ground, be physical with them up front, and force C.J. Stroud into decisions that he doesn't want to make. I think C.J. Stroud leaves this game with two interceptions. I think he's going to be under pressure. I'll take Michigan to cover that seven and a half points and win. I think Michigan wins this game. Um, because of the way Michigan plays, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I think Michigan, I think what Michigan could win this game by 10 points. Call me crazy. But didn't they win by like 10 last year? Maybe more. We'll see. Corum and Edwards. That's that's what hinges on my pick. If Corum and Edwards don't don't play, I don't feel confident in my pick. But if Corum and Edwards play, I like Michigan a lot here. I just think they're too physical for Ohio State. Ohio State's front seven has just everyone's loving their defense. I'm telling you, their defense is not as good as everyone thinks it is. It's not as good. Michigan will take advantage of that. They're going to run all over them. South Carolina at Clemson. Noon kickoff. Clemson's favored by 14 and a half. I have no idea how to pick this game. Are we going to get South Carolina from last week? Are we going to get the South Carolina who lost the week before? Who they lose the week before to? It was kind of embarrassing. Uh, let's see. So yeah, 63-38 against Tennessee. And the week before, they lost to Florida 38-6. to Like, what? I don't know how to pick this game. There's a reason Carolina has four losses. They lost to Missouri by 13. And like I said, Florida, they lost by 32. Clemson doesn't lose at home. And Dabo's an elite coach. The universe would really do everyone a solid by letting Clemson lose this weekend. I'm going to take South Carolina to cover, but lose. I think they're going to lose. 
of 14 and a half just feels like a lot of points for a team who's been in a lot of close games in Clemson. So I will take Clemson or South Carolina, sorry, to cover, but lose. I think they, they lose by maybe a touchdown, maybe 10 points, but 14 and a half, they could literally lose by two touchdowns and still cover. I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, maybe, maybe not. Let me last week was a sign of things to come. Maybe they're turning things around. Maybe not. (laughs) And that'll backfire. But all right, this is my, is it? Yeah. My lock it in upset of the week. You ready? Number nine, Oregon at number 21, Oregon state. Number 21, Oregon state. Oregon is favored by three. This is a three thirty Eastern kickoff. Oregon State has the number one rush defense in the Pac-12 and the number two pass defense in the Pac-12. And they're top 20 nationally in both of those categories. I think top, I think they're number eight in rush defense nationally. And that's playing against actual offenses. You know, half the top 10 in rush defense is the big 10 because no one they're playing knows how to score. But the Pac-12 actually knows how to score. And Oregon State has still been, and they're still top 10 in the nation in rush defense. And Oregon loves to run the ball. This feels very similar, honestly, to when I picked Washington over Oregon. Because Washington has a pretty good rush defense. Um, they gave up a lot of yards to uh, to Oregon, which scares me a little. But um, I'm not sure if Bo Nix is going to be 100%. And Oregon's offense was not the same with him not being mobile. Utah just went into Autzen and could have easily beaten Oregon if they would have, you know, not if if Cam Rising remembered how to play quarterback, they would have beat Oregon at Autzen. QB play for Oregon State is limited, which makes me less confident than when I picked Washington over Oregon. But since Golbranson, I think that's how you pronounce it, took over. They have at least limited turnovers. Golbranton did not start against SC. Um, and the guy who started against SC, I can't remember his name, um, had four interceptions against SC. And Golbranton has not been turning the ball over. And that's what killed Utah last week. I think Oregon State's going to make it ugly. They're going to limit big plays from Oregon. They're going to run the ball a lot. And I'm picking Oregon State to cover here and pull the upset. Corvallis, for those of you who don't follow Pac-12 football, Corvallis is a graveyard for top 10 teams. It is a graveyard. SC barely made it out of there. For whatever reason, that is just not an easy place to play. Um, And those Oregon State fans are going to show up. I believe it's still only half the stadium because they're doing renovations in the middle of the season. Like, what are you doing, Oregon State? What are you doing? But even when they played, even when SC played there, it was still loud. Half the stadium, it was still loud. Uh, They're going to show up. This is a rivalry. These teams don't like each other. Oregon, I think, is going to come in there beating their chest, and Oregon State's going to beat them up. So, upset alert. Lock it in, upset of the week. Oregon State over Oregon. I like Oregon State to cover those three and win. Iowa State at TCU. TCU is favored by 10. And this is an easy pick for me. I'll take Iowa State to cover. I think Iowa State loses. But Iowa State hasn't lost to really anybody by 10 points. They lost to Oklahoma by 10 points. But other than that, six of Iowa State's seven losses Six of their seven losses came by seven points or less. This team just doesn't get blown out. They're not good, but they don't get blown out because their defense is elite. Their defense is really good. Um, I think Max Duggan's going to be under pressure. They're not going to be able to run the ball. It's going to be ugly. It's probably going to be like a 10-7 to 7 game. <laughs> but TCU is not winning this game by 10 points. Um, not Again, not because I think Ohio, Iowa State is some elite team, but on one side of the ball, they are very good. So at the 4 p.m. kickoff, I'll take Iowa State to cover there. But still lose because their offense sucks. All right, number 10, Tennessee, favored by 14 on the road at Vanderbilt. 7.30 Eastern kickoff. 
who knows what's going to happen here. You know, Tennessee's, they got their backup in. Milton, I believe is his name. 14 points feels like a lot for a team that just had their season blow up in their faces and the heart and soul of their team out for the year. Right? Doesn't that feel like 14 points? I get Vanderbilt's like not even 500, five and six right now, I believe. But 14 points? You just lost your quarterback on the road against a team who's, I mean, they haven't beat anybody relevant, but two wins in a row. Two SEC wins in a row. I think Vandy keeps it close. We might be leaving this game thinking, wow, has Tennessee fallen? I think Vanderbilt might win the game. Who knows? I don't. I, I, I wouldn't put money on Vandy winning the game. But if Vandy won this game, I wouldn't be shocked. Not because I think Vandy is just a really good team, but I think Tennessee ugh, looked like they quit, man. It looked like they quit against South Carolina. Now they don't have Hendon Hooker. This is a weird spot for them. This is a bad spot for Tennessee. Watch out. Number 15, Notre Dame at number six, USC. The Trojans, baby, favored by five. This is a 730 Eastern kickoff. Notre Dame has a good defense, but I think it's a little overblown. It's not an elite defense. It's really not. Um, They're not like a top 10 defense. Um, Oregon State has a better defense than Notre Dame. And to be fair, SC struggled against Oregon State, but that was also early in the year. SC's playing better. Caleb Williams is playing better than he was. Caleb Williams went on like a two or three game stretch where he wasn't playing great. And Oregon State was one of those games. Um, I think they're going to be able to score on Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame will still be able to score on SC because SC's defense sucks. But I don't think Drew Pine can keep up with Caleb Williams. I'm sorry. Um, I think he probably makes a couple of mistakes, which if SC is good at one thing, it's getting turnovers. I think Drew Pine maybe throws a pick or two. Um, And to be fair, what Notre Dame is best at is running the ball. SC really struggled against the rush the first half of the season. Go and watch that UCLA game. They did a really nice job against Charbonnet. A really nice job. They're, 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 Defending against the run better. And UCLA runs the ball better than Notre Dame. Way better. And SC did a really nice job against Charbonnet. Drew Pine's not not mobile, so you don't have to worry about, you know, the DTR aspect of the run game. I, I think SC could win this by two scores. Oh, I think this is a good matchup for SC, if I'm being honest. Um yeah, so I'll take an SC to cover that five points. I think they win by 14. I'll take SC to win here. Let's see. Um, let's say 42-28. SC 42, Notre Dame 28. Um, SC still going to give up points. It's just what they do. They give up points. But you got to stop Caleb Williams, and I don't think Notre Dame can do that. Uh, last game, my last prediction for the week, number 13, Washington favored by two on the road at Washington state. This is a 1030 Eastern kickoff. So most people probably won't even watch this game. I will because the apple cup is, is an awesome game. Both teams defenses are capable, but they're not like top tier. They're not elite defenses. Washington's offense is, I think just considerably better than Washington state's offense and should pull away. I think Michael Penix will have a nice game. Two points. Isn't very much. And I think Washington is hot and has a lot to play for still. If Oregon loses, I think Washington's in Washington might be in the PAC 12 title game because they would hold. They would hold the tiebreaker against Oregon. Oregon would have two losses. Washington would have two losses in the PAC 12 so Washington would be in over Oregon. And I believe, let's see, let me look up the Pac-12 standings. Where's Utah? Utah is the, might be the problem. I don't think it would matter. If Oregon loses, Washington wins. And even if Utah wins, which who does Utah play again? Did I already pick that game? No. Who does Utah play this week? 
Oh gosh, yeah, Utah's not losing. They're playing Colorado, and Colorado's garbage. Um, but since Washington has an overall a better overall record, I would think they would be in. They didn't play head to head, so a ten and two Washington, I be, I'm guessing would make it in over a nine and three Utah with the same conference record, and they don't have a head to head. So, again, way tangent there. But if Washington wins, Oregon loses, I think Washington's in the Pac-12 title game. And boy, would that be fun to watch Michael Penix go up against Caleb Williams. That would be awesome. That'd be a fun matchup. Um, Again, two points isn't very much. And I think Washington is better than Washington State. It is on the road. Crazy things happen in the Apple Cup. But... Washington just has a lot more to play for than Washington State right now. Um, Washington State's had a nice season. You know, they could go eight and four if they win this game, uh, but they're not playing for a Pac 12 title. They are playing to ruin Washington's season, which, in I know a lot of Washington, Washington State fans growing up there in Washington, um, nothing makes them happier than beating the other team, uh, which is the case with any rivalry. But it's no different here. Um, when Washington beats Washington State, they are happy. When Washington State beats Washington, they're even happier. Because <laughs> Washington histor- historically has been a better program than Washington State. Um, on a national stage, they've just been more relevant. So Washington State, in some ways, kind of feels a little bit like like little brother. Um, and so when they beat Washington, it means everything to them. So... I mean, I could see them showing up and winning that game too, but I just think Washington's a better team. Two points isn't very much. I'll take Washington to cover. Whew. That was a lot of talking. You're probably tired of hearing my voice, but that's all I got for the week. Enjoy rivalry weekend. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have some awesome games. It's going to be crazy. We're going to have upsets. Rivalry games are close. That's why I like some of these big spreads, you know, to, you know, South Carolina Clemson. It's a rivalry game. It's probably going to be close. Ohio State, Michigan, seven and a half points. Really? I'll take that. I think that's going to be a close game. Well, I think Michigan wins by 10, but that's going to be whatever. <laughs> Maybe they don't win by 10, but they're definitely covering, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that makes me rethink my SC Notre Dame pick. But it's not like every SC Notre Dame game has been close. I just think SC's a better. I just don't think Notre Dame can keep up with their offense. Anyway, whatever. Another tangent. That's it for this week. Can't wait. Enjoy the week. Until next week, the legends are out.